the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Yes, we all exercise a blind faith in many areas of life. Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with Pastor Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching the Word of God with truth right from the Bible. For more information, go to corechurchla.org. That's corechurchla.org. Now here's Pastor Steve with today's Core Truth. Today we're going to be in John chapter 2, and I entitled this message, Seeing the Unbelievable. Have you ever noticed how faith-filled we can be when we see everything with our own eyes? Like when we sit down to do the bills, if we have an overabundance of cash in the bank, we don't even hesitate to pay our bills. Why? Because we know we have more than enough. Yet consider the blind faith we use when boarding a plane, trusting that all those parts, thousands of parts that we can't see are all going to function properly. Yes, we all exercise a blind faith in many areas of life, like putting gas in our cars. What happens when we pull into the gas station? We put the gas pump in. We're just assuming it's going to work. And two things happen when we fill up our tank with gas. Number one, when we squeeze the handle on the gas filler, it fills up the tank. And number two, simultaneously, a vacuum will be sucking our wallets empty of cash. Have you noticed here just in this new administration how gas prices have been creeping up? Okay, that's another subject, but let's think happy thoughts right now. Or what about when we get into the shower? We just expect water to come out, right? Not only do we expect it to come out, but we expect it to be hot. And if it's not hot, like me, because my water heater has gone out multiple times, I discover firsthand that I have nothing to do. <laughs> with penguins when it's a freezing cold shower. Yes, there are numerous things in everyday life that we do simply out of habit, things that we do by blind faith. Yet when it comes time to simply trust and believe in God by faith, to believe in all of his promises that he's made to us through his word, we will many times be faithless. Why is that? And it leads us to miss the hand of God and his promises. Well, today, you know, since we're after Easter now, we've gone past Resurrection Sunday. Jesus rose from the dead, as you know. He conquered sin and death. And he made a way for every single human being to be forgiven and set free. To find true hope in a world that's, well, lost its way. Yet, why are there so many people today in life with no hope. Why are there more people now in America that don't believe in Jesus than ever before? Or at least they don't believe in the Jesus of the Bible. Well, it all has to do with the fickleness of the human heart. 
And that's one thing that hasn't changed in the last 2,000 years. For even those who walked with Jesus had their faith in Jesus rattled to the core as they saw him beaten, bludgeoned, and crucified. But here today, as you listen on the radio, we're going to look at how their faith was restored as they saw Jesus resurrected and alive. We're going to consider this first point here, the faithful see. We're reminded of the faithful scene when we consider Abraham. He was a faithful guy, and he saw. Well, we know him as the father of the faith, as you know. God had promised Abraham that his descendants would be like the stars of heaven, like the sand of the sea. But only one problem. Abraham didn't have any children, and making it worse, he was already in his 80s. And his wife, Sarah, well, she was in her 70s. Yet Abraham, even though he was an old man and had no children, he believed God that he would have descendants. And because of that, God counted Abraham's faith as righteousness. That word righteousness means in right standings with God. And another 20 years would pass by for Abraham, making him 100 years old and his wife Sarah 90. That's when Sarah overheard the Lord tell her husband that by that time next year she would bear a son. (laughs) Well, she just laughed when she heard that, like, yeah, right, like I'm 90 years old, you know. The Bible describes Sarah as an extremely beautiful woman. Yet I think Sarah would have traded in her good looks, her beauty, for motherhood in a second. Yes, her dream of having a baby was gone. Again, you're 90 years old, you're shriveling up. So all she had left was to simply laugh. But God reminded Abraham of what I think every single one of us need to be reminded of today. So if you're in your car right now, don't turn your radio down. Turn it up right now. This is what God reminded Abraham, and you and me need to hear this today. He said this in Genesis 18.4. He says, Is there anything too difficult for the Lord? Wow, that's a pretty good question. He's asking a question here. Is there anything too difficult for the Lord? And then he's told Abraham, at appointed time, next year, I'm going to return to you, and Sarah will have a son. And guess what? It happened just like the Lord said it would. I wonder if you and me believe that nothing is too difficult for God. Or maybe we only believe what we can see. I wonder how many times that we, just like Sarah, have become cynical and and faithless because we're not seeing something happen. Yes, it's much harder to have a faith to believe when we're not seeing anything with our own eyes. You know, faith is defined in the Bible as, uh, and this is in Hebrews 11.1, it says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction or the evidence of things not seen. Yes, the faithful will see and receive without seeing. I wonder if you're faithful. I wonder if you really believe God. Or do you always have to see? Well, as you know, you know, it's like Easter has gone, come and gone again this year. And the fact that Jesus had risen from the dead, wow, it was a reality now. But when Peter and John heard from Mary Magdalene that the tomb was empty, Oh, they're like, wait a second, how can this be? 
So they ran to the tomb. John's gospel tells us that he outran Peter. I guess, hey, when you write your own book, you can say, hey, I'm in good shape. I outran the old dog Peter. But anyway, but they came to see if it was true. Had Jesus really risen from the dead? Yet all they found was his burial cloths and no body. Now, the Bible tells us that John, when he saw it, that he immediately believed. Yet Peter, well, Peter critically analyzed the tomb, and he pondered what he saw, thinking, how can this be? Now, both Peter and John looked at the very same thing, did they not? How could one believe instantly while the other just critically questioned? Well, you could call it a lack of faith, or maybe, just maybe, Peter was just being a skeptic. I think there are many skeptics in our day and age today. Maybe you're a skeptic, but I wonder why. Because there are a lot of people that say many different things out there. How is a person to know what is right or wrong? Remember, a skeptic, according to the dictionary, is a person who habitually, continually doubts, questions, or suspends judgment of things generally accepted. I wonder if that would describe any of you listening here today. Know this, it's not always bad to be somewhat of a skeptic, for we should never just accept whatever is said or spoken. Why? Because there are far too many falsehoods out there, a lot of fake news out there, and you can't believe everything you read on the Internet. Can't believe everything Google says. I even find myself being a skeptic at times. This is why we as Christians who have the answers to life questions, I mean, there's so many people hiding in fear and, oh my goodness, the, the global pandemic. It's like, oh, we got to wear a mask. No, two masks, six masks. Oh my goodness, we've got to stay inside. Stay 10 feet apart. Well, anyway, but we have to be open to sharing with them with those who are looking for answers. I know I had many questions about life myself. I couldn't understand how I could be so lonely on the inside. Look, I was in great shape. I mean, I was a young man. I'm, you know, 18 years old. I've got the nicest car in my high school. It's like all of these things. But why was I so lonely? Well, my parents did get a divorce when I was 16. And I was abandoned by them, and I was on my own, and but I still couldn't figure out why I had this Grand Canyon-sized void inside of me. Where did it come from? Why was I so unsatisfied? Why did nothing seem to last with me? Why was my happiness so fleeting? Yet when I sought answers in the mainline religious denomination— all I found was a storehouse of dead religion, and that didn't appeal to me at all. I remember how there I was, a party animal, getting ready to go to a party. These people had opened their home up to me and were renting me a bedroom in their house. So I was going out to this party on Saturday night. I literally was walking out the door. I had one foot outside and one foot on the entryway. And they said to me, hey, do you want to watch this movie? And I'm thinking to myself, movie? Well, what, what is it about? They said the Ten Commandments. I said, what's that? And they said, what? What's that? Like, it's the Ten Commandments, the Bible. I'm like, oh, well, I don't know. I never read the Bible or anything. I go, who's in it? Well, Moses. And they're like, I said, who's Moses? And they're like, how is it even possible someone doesn't know who Moses was? Well, hey, listen, I, 
I, I, I was that guy. I had no idea. So I'm sitting there thinking to myself, I'm in this dilemma as I got one foot outside, one foot inside. Do I want to sit and watch this religious movie? I'm thinking to myself, uh, what rhymes with yo and starts with an N? How about no? But these people were helping me out by renting me this bedroom. My parents were gone. So I, I just wanted to be politically correct before the terminology came in. So I just said, uh, how about I watch it till the first commercial? And I, they said, okay. So I came in, I sat down, and you know how they do with long movies. You know, they'll show the first 25, 30 minutes of it with no commercial. And then all of a sudden, by the end, you've got a commercial every three minutes. But anyway, I got sucked in. Yes, I got totally sucked in. I was so like, wow. And they're telling me, no, this is real. This really happened. I'm like, what? This God just is wicked and on Pharaoh, and he's just thrashing him because he won't listen to God and release his people. And I, I was just so moved by this movie. And so they asked me at the end of the movie, it's like 1130 now at night. Again, I never went to the party that day. They said, hey, do you want to go to church with us the next day? No, of course, on the outside, I'm 18. I'm like, uh, you know, trying to be all cool. Like, well, you know, all right, I guess, you know. But on the inside, I was actually excited. I'm thinking, I want to know this God. So we went to church the next morning. And, hey, this is back, you know, in the 70s, okay? So I'm dating myself now. But it's like we're walking in. And, I mean, I noticed there was all these families with kids. And I'm thinking, like, man, I miss family. I don't have a mom and dad. It's like, oh, my goodness. I, I was just so like, wow, what is this? How could I not know about this God and everything? And so I walked in. I have to be honest with you with pretty excited. They hand me this bulletin, and it was a mainline denomination church. It tells you when to stand up, sit down, kneel down, say this after that guy says that. And I'm kind of thinking to myself, you know, how did these people know with this spontaneous God that I watched in this movie last night, what he wanted to do here three days ago when they printed this bulletin? But anyway, I was kind of going along with it. Finally, the priest comes out to give the message. Well, he gave the message in Latin. I'm like, Latin? What the heck is this guy talking in? It might as well be pig Latin, because I don't know what he's saying. So I remember after like 10 minutes of this guy going on in Latin, I lean over to the people that I came with, and I said, what is he speaking in? And they looked at me like, Latin, you idiot. I'm thinking, what, does everyone in here speak Latin? Are you serious? And I mean, that church was packed, too. And so I leaned back over, and I said, you know, I'm whispering, of course, you know, trying to be rude, you know, and I said, do you speak Latin? They said, no. I said, does anybody in here speak Latin? She says, I don't think so. Now, I didn't say this next part, but this is what I thought. And I remember it like it happened yesterday. All I could think was, well, if no one speaks Latin, what is this moron speaking in Latin for? And sorry, I'm not trying to be nasty here, but that's what I thought. I'm a heathen. Come on, it was B.C., before Christ. Anyway, cut me some slack already. But anyway, all I know is I walked out of that day, and I said to myself, if this is God, I will never step foot into a church again. Because I just thought, what a waste of time. Like, why are you wasting my time? It's like, why would I come here and hear some message in a foreign language I don't even understand? Look, I'm a mess. I need God if he's there. And it was about six months later that someone just told me about Jesus. They didn't speak in Latin. <laughs> they just shared the gospel with me, and I gave my life to Christ. Wow. I needed help. 
I felt like I was sinking in the quicksand of life, and I wanted to see something. I had to see something before I believed it. Well, I never saw anything that day, that was for sure, with my eyes concerning God. But when again, someone just shared the love of Jesus with me at a kitchen counter in Upland, California, it seemed to make sense with me. And my dark and lonely, empty heart was filled. I couldn't believe it. Understand, there are two kinds of skeptics in the world today. Number one, there's a skeptic who's truly looking for answers. And number two, there's a skeptic that simply refuses to believe. Their minds are already closed. So let me ask you. If you're a skeptic, I wonder, which one are you? Are you a skeptic because, well, you're kind of seeking for answers. You're just not sure which one it is. Or are you just a skeptic that's like, nah, I refuse to believe. wonder which one. For the skeptic that refuses to believe, they've been around since the beginning of time. Here's some examples of skeptics that are closed-minded to any and all possibilities. Do you know that in 1838, an Oxford professor named Emmaus Wilson, he said this, when the Paris exhibition closes, again, this is 1838, he says, electric light will close with it and it will never be heard of again. Obviously, he never really saw the light. In 1895, Lord Kelvin, a British mathematician and physicist, he said this, heavier than air flying machines are impossible. He also said in 1897 that radio has absolutely no future. Let's just say he wasn't batting a thousand. (laughs) Since you're listening on the radio here today, and many of us have flown in airplanes. Yes, even some of the smartest men in history have been wrong. Like Albert Einstein in 1932, he said this quote, There is not the slightest indication that nuclear energy will ever be obtainable. Yep. Yeah, miss that one. And last but not least, Thomas Watson. He was the chairman for IBM. Uh, He said this in 1943. I think there's a world market for maybe five computers. Wow, that guy was a real visionary. (laughs) It's like, do you know that right now today they say, well, I got this off of Google, so who knows if, if it's true, but they say there's two billion computers and smartphones, okay, which have way more capability. My smartphone has way more capability than what my first computer had. There's 3.8 billion smartphones. So between 2 billion computers and our smartphones that are just as smart as computers, we have 5.8 billion. So yeah, I guess Thomas Watson, you know, we surpassed your five computers for the whole world. (laughs) Yes, the faithless do not see. Which brings up our second thought here, the hiding are filled. Let me read to you what it says here in John chapter 20, verse 19. It says, so when it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and when the doors were shut uh, where the disciples were for the fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst and he said, peace be with you. And when he said this, he showed them both his hands and his side, and the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. So that Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Wow. Now, why do we always read the text like that? 
Well, we read the text like that because it's like here at Core Church Los Angeles, we want to make sure that you always hear the text of what we're talking about because you need the full counsel of God's Word to really understand His, His Word and what it means to you and how you grow as a man or woman of God. Listen, if you're not plugged in with the church and you're not plugged in into place where you're growing spiritually, I encourage you to come to Core Church Los Angeles. You know, we're on the intersection of La Cienega and the 10 Freeway. And we have three services on Sunday, one at 8.30 a.m., 10.30 a.m., and one at 6.30 p.m. So I invite you to come. And all those that are listening on our radio on the East Coast, you can watch our live stream. You can just download our free app at the App Store, and you can watch. You're three hours ahead of us, of course. So you got to make the time adjustments. But anyway, getting back here, it said here in verse 15 that Jesus had appeared to Mary Magdalene. Okay, so before our text, Jesus appeared to her. Why? Because she went back to the empty tomb, proving those who seek the Lord find him. I wonder if there's anyone listening to us that hasn't really sought the Lord fully. You know, things aren't going so good in your life right now. Things are kind of turned upside down. Your circumstances are, well, overwhelming to say the least. But have you really sought the Lord? It was Mary Magdalene because she was hanging out at the empty tomb. That's why she saw the Lord first. Yet at this point, not even the disciples had seen Jesus. And for them, they didn't know what to believe. For they saw Jesus dead on the cross and they saw him buried. And their hope were dashed. Fear had consumed them and darkness surrounded them. What would they do and where would they go? They thought being associated with Jesus might just mean death. Understand, they put themselves into the pit of misery. Why? Because Jesus had told them several times what was going to happen. Jesus made it obvious in Matthew seventeen twenty-two, where he says, The Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men, and they will kill him, and he'll be risen again on the third day. And this says the disciples were deeply grieved by that. Then he said again in Matthew 20, verse 18, We're going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be delivered into the chief priests, and they will hand him over to mock and scourge and crucify him. But he'll rise on the third day. They were told in Matthew 16. They were told in Matthew 17. They were told in Matthew 20. It's like that Jesus was going to die. He told them firsthand. And only once were they deeply grieved. In the original language, it means they were they had a deep physical pain that was coupled with sorrow. Yet it seemed overwhelming to them. How could they ever recover from such a sorrow? I wonder if there's anyone that's listening right now that has had massive sorrow in their life. Maybe you've lost a loved one here during COVID. Maybe other things have happened. Things are just turned upside down. Maybe your marriage is on the rocks. Maybe just everything has just turned sour in your life. Have you found yourself in a place, in a pit of sorrow and misery? Jesus told them that he was going to rise again and their hopes could rise with him. I wonder if there's anyone listening right now that you need a reboot to be refreshed from the Lord, to be reinvigorated in your faith. Well, if you find yourself in that place of sorrow, maybe you're falling in a deep quicksand and not sure what you want to do and where you want to go. Well, you could get right with the Lord today. You could find new hope in him. 
because Jesus says, Come unto me, all you that are heavy laden and burdened down, and I will give you rest. Well, if that's you, and you need rest, you need refreshment in your life, consider getting right with the Lord. You might say, Pastor, you don't know where I've been. You don't know what I've done. You're right. But I know this. I know God loves you in spite of you. And if you pray this now and you mean it, God will hear you. Pray this now. Lord Jesus, forgive me. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose again. You come inside of me. Be real to me. Be my Lord. Be my God. Be my Savior. And be my friend. And fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, if you just prayed that prayer, I just rejoice with you. And I'd like to send you a Bible that's got some notes in it that really help you in your walking relationship with Christ. You can email me at Bible at CoreChurchLA.com. That's Bible at CoreChurchLA.com. Give me your name and address and get you that Bible. Thanks for joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app available on iOS and Android. Core Truth is sponsored by and a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you have been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA to 77977. You can also give via our app or online at corechurchla.org, as well as writing to P.O. Box 34789, Los Angeles, California, 90034. 